Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And this show is just a show where we just sit back and talk about what's going on in the world and try to bring a biblical perspective to it from two different generations, a boomer and a millennial. Uh, oftentimes we actually agree more than wh what we think, but I suppose that's because um, I might not just be the stereotypical either. Well, it is either that or it's because both of us love God and the spirits within us and the things that actually matter we agree on. Yeah. That's true. And and really, we don't spend a whole lot of time talking about generational disagreements on certain things. Because what yeah. does it matter? Right, right. I mean, I'm still not wearing ripped jeans. I'm sorry. No, but do know, <laughs> if you are listening, this is Dave's favorite time of year. So if you want to send yeah. Dave a gift, he loves peeps. I, uh, loves peeps. This the, is his favorite time of year. Who invented those? So it, it couldn't have been a boomer. Free. They could be pink, yellow, oh, purple, please. blue. Don't do it rainbow any of them we mentioned the fact that there's cancer in our family and i am 100 percent sure <laughs> no i'm not going to say they cause cancer so i don't want any peep lawsuits here there you go i'm saying i'm 100 percent sure they aren't as good for you as some people think that's all i'm saying i don't even know if some people think that they're good for you <laughs> <laughs> well if you're one of them now, how is that for a diplomatic? I'm not saying anything. Oh, I, I'm, I'm telling you. You just did a nice tiptoe <laughs> dance, and you say you can't dance. That you was know, quite and here's, the waltz. And here, here's what's funny about that thing. I just kind of said, kind of. Kind of said without that, fully that saying. That peeps cause cancer. <laughs> but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't say that, So, I, and I don't mean that. But you might have heard that. <laughs> Don't I fit in well to the social media? Oh, you do. You yeah, do. it's like, what do you want? What do you want me to say? I can twist it any way you want. It. I could say just enough not to say anything. Yeah, but here's here's the final point. I don't like peeps, and I like every other food in the world. My contention, my thing is, you, did you just say like every any other food? In I the do, world? but not peeps. So peeps aren't food then, as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Oh, so, so that's that your way around. Yes, it? it is. I could suggest another thing that you don't like, but you'd say it's not food. I, well, what what else don't I like? Kombucha. Well, I, you know, I, I, here's why, though. Here's why. Here's why. <laughs> it's not that the taste bothers me. It's that the animals won't eat that little mushroom thing. Some do. Who? I, I've thrown it out, and it's, I've hung it in my backyard waiting you, for something to eat it. You have not hung a scoby in your Oh, backyard. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I in a tree it. branch, and then I would throw them in the backyard, and they would sit there. They don't even rot. <laughs> That's because they're living in... Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. No, I'm not drinking that anymore. Oh, that's funny. I've tasted it. And I'm sure you can disguise it just like, you know, you can disguise a lot of things. However, I'm not going to drink it. And I'm not and I'm not eating a peep. And if you combine the two, oh, my goodness. Oh, he could dunk them. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you put them in a blender? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Enough of that nonsense. Oh, let's move on. We've been, yeah. The world is falling apart, and if you if you think peeps are healthy, <laughs> what if you dunk a peep in kombucha? Is that healthy? <laughs> yeah, er, I, healthy er? Uh, only then if you roll it in in uh, uh, sesame seeds or something. You know, what I mean, <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. Chia seeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let it grow, and then <laughs> eat it. So you have sprouted chia seeds on <laughs> your peep. Oh, Where? How do we get there? I apologize in advance. Yeah. Don't listen to Actually, this episode. Actually, not in advance. I apologize after the fact. So if you do suggest these podcasts to anybody, tell them the first three minutes and 54 seconds weren't worth listening to. And uh, we'll go from here. 
We, we've been talking about how the world is uh, a messed up place. Yeah. And I, I can see where you go to peeps with that. I understand that. But yeah. that isn't the main point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not sure if many of our listeners are familiar with Alexander uh, Solzhenitsyn. He was a, a Russian that wrote a lot of things and, and was very um, uh, philosophical in mm-hmm. understanding what Russia was about. And uh, let me read a quote from him that, that he did at the Temple, when he did the Templeton Address uh, by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Here's some quotes from that speech. More than a half a century ago, while I was still a child, I recall hearing a number of older people offer the following explanation for the great disasters that had befallen Russia. Men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. That's what the people said. Mm-hmm. Since then, I have spent, well, nigh 50 years working on the history of our revolution. In the process, I have read hundreds of books, collected hundreds of personal testimonies, and I've already contributed eight volumes of my own toward the effort of clearing away the rubble left by that upheaval. But if I were, to ask, but if I were asked today to formulate as concisely as possible, the main cause of the ruinous revolution that swallowed up some 60 million of our people, I could not put it more accurately than to repeat, men have forgotten God. That's why all this has happened. What is more, the events of the Russian Revolution can only be understood now at the end of the century against the background of what has since occurred in the rest of the world. What emerges here is a process of universal significance. And if I were to call upon to identify briefly the principal trait of the entire 20th century, here too I would be unable to find anything more precise and pithy than to repeat once again, men have forgotten God. Mm. That's his conclusion. Wow. And I, I look at that and I think, here's a guy that is Russian, yep. that understands what's going on in Russia, that, that studied the history of Russia, mm-hmm. and his conclusion for Russia and the world is the troubles come from men forgetting God. Mm. And I look today and I see the same thing. I yeah. think, you know, Russia's attacking and you see all this new stuff. Who's blaming who? Who's doing what? Who provoked what? Why are they doing it? Everybody, by the way, believes they're doing what's right. Mm-hmm. So bombs are flying, and the people pushing those buttons think they're doing what's right. Yeah. I have to remind you that people thought that putting people in gas chambers for Hitler was right. Yeah. How do you get there in life? How do you get to the point where you can destroy life mm-hmm. and be okay with it? I might back it up a little bit and say, I don't know, ask those who want to destroy little babies and abortion. Hmm. how do you get to the point any culture any place how do you get to the point where you can go to somebody else that's living and take their life and justify it because of your convenience Mm -hmm. or your economy or your power trip how do you do that well you have to do it apart from god yeah if god's a part of the formula you don't do these things Mm-hmm. You love your enemies, actually. You don't go kill them. Yeah, that's not that's not in it. Alexander Solzhenitsyn in the Gulag Archipelago, if I pronounce that right, said, 
Did I pronounce that right? I don't know. I was just going to say Gesundheit. Yeah, I know. You should. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Chicago and barely know how to speak English. So when I start reading other languages, um, and the reason Chicago reference is because there's certain dialect, I guess, that happens in Chicago. That, ah. You know. Anyway, he said this. One man who stopped lying could bring down a tyranny. Hmm. And you, the people, whether they be uh, Bonhoeffer through history or or guys like Alexander Solzhenitsyn, they realized this: everything that is happening to me is based on lies. Mm-hmm. If somebody would just look at the truth, they could break through right. and make a huge change. Now, the challenge of that principle is what I want to hit you with, Jason, with a young family, you know, it, instilling into your boys I don't say boys and girls. He only has boys. I only have boys. Yep. So I'm not trying to, to just got three boys. say boys. Yeah. But to instill into your boys how do you, the, the value of truth, even mm-hmm. if it hurts, mm-hmm. the value of the person who is willing to acknowledge truth. Mm-hmm. Right now it, in Russia, United States, wherever, it, if somebody would stand up to the power, mm-hmm and say the truth, how would that change the course of history? Mm. Why is the truth not used? Why are we afraid of truth? Yeah, I don't know. Because the Bible tells us the truth sets you free. Absolutely. See, it's lies that make you go into all kinds of... It's easier to believe a lie than the truth sometimes well and to get other people to believe a lie with you and that's deception and that's exactly um you know last time the last program we did younger older we were talking about a passage in matthew chapter 13 and um and jesus uh, loved to tell us stories so that we could understand life that's all and i would encourage any parent when you've got children that's what makes you a parent um Touché. Tell them stories. Mm-hmm. Tell them stories with points. Yeah. Tell them Bible stories with points. If you're out gardening, talk to them all the time about what truth is and life. And I mean, you're, you're gardening. Pause for a moment and talk about why weeds are bad. Mm-hmm. And, and realize what you're doing is setting a table down the road for a discussion on why sin is bad and a little sin mixes with. See, you're always trying to set truth up. Mm-hmm. Always try to set it up so it has a platform. You know, is sunshine important? Yes, it is. What does light do? Light, you know, go into a, a dark basement corner and turn on a lot of lights once. Mm-hmm. Or even a little light. Yeah, and go what look at what's down there yeah. if you dare. Oh, if, yeah, that's if true. If you dare. The other day I came home and, and the sunlight was coming through the window like at a time where I'm not normally in the room. Mm-hmm. Now, don't tell anyone. Was it filthy? The dust on one of my oh man, little nooks there. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you never see that. Right. You, oh, ne- totally. you, you never see it. And then yeah. the light goes, whoa. Yeah. Now, if I had a young child at home, I'd bring him in that room right then. Yeah. I'd say, look what, look at that. They go, oh, Dad, I thought you were a clean guy. Mm-hmm. I am. Look what this light did. It ruined my life. <laughs> did it? Uh-huh. Or did it expose something that needs to be dealt with? That dealt with, right. 
how do you teach kids that? You know, I mean, that, mm-hmm. and I just gave an example of how you could. Right. You know, um, so I, you know, I, I would picture parents in the future, little parades of let's go get a flashlight and look in the darkest place in a garage. Yeah. Why, Dad? Because I want to see what's there. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. And then talk about it. Say, see what light just did? Um, I remember I heard a, a, a guy from another country. Now, being from where I was from and in, in northern hemisphere here, we don't have a whole lot of cockroaches that we deal with. No, not really. I don't think in Wisconsin cockroaches exist. Uh, I, th- I think it's too cold. But yeah, I, I'm, not too, sure. yeah I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm really not 100% sure of their environment, but yeah. I, I, this must not be it yeah. in a forum. But I remember there was a guy from another country who was talking, and, and he was basically someone saying, yeah, you know, he's there in cockroaches. And the guy just looked at him and said, well, turn on the light. Mm-hmm. Why? Because cockroaches don't like light. Right. Oh. Well, I was down once at a motel in California, mm-hmm. and I was at a very nice conference. Turned the light on. I heard all this stuff. Turned it on. There a bunch of cockroaches running around my Oh, boy. floor <laughs> and uh i remember what this guy said i just turned on the light yeah and they all scattered and they left me alone all night so you slept with the light on i did amen <laughs> i did sissy that i am <laughs> i would have done the same yeah sissy that i am there's something about these things crawling around oh man that was, you know ooh, i'm surprised yeah. he got some sleep yeah well bottom line really is i i think there there are all these life lessons that we can look at and say here's a story mm-hmm and I encourage you and every young parent out there to just look in life, uh, to think of what you could do to set your children up for the future so that when the, when the Bible stories are told, yeah, there's an experiential understanding of them already, mm-hmm. which is a big problem in, in any educational field. And I'm an old teacher, and I realize... If, if I'm teaching something that has no possible way to grab experiential understanding, mm-hmm. then I'm teaching a concept. Yeah. <clears throat> which the kids then will need more experiences to ever understand. Mm-hmm. But the kids that come that have a huge background of experiential understanding, they learn fast mm-hmm. and they learn well because they don't have to go through that door anymore. They've, right. they've got it. So I would uh, turn the TV off if I were a lot of your parents, and I would go out and I would just create experiences. Mm-hmm. And I would constantly talk to the kids about the experiences because any true experience, outdoors, whatever it might be, eventually you can look in the scriptures and there's some kind of illustration about it, and it'll, it'll cause them to grasp it. For example, this one, in uh, the 36th verse of the 13th chapter, where it says, Jesus said, and he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He told them, There's, you know, you scatter weeds. You, the, the enemy scatters weeds. You scatter good stuff, the enemy scatters weeds to try and diminish. Mm-hmm. So, so all of a sudden, if you're, if you're a child and your parent has been gardening or whatever else, have you, have you talked to him about why you don't want weeds? Or you just tell him to weed it? Mm-hmm. How about giving them the reason and letting them understand? Yeah. Let, let, let some grow with weeds and let some grow without. And see what happens. Let it, show it to them. Mm-hmm. That would be far more valuable down the road. And when they read this story or they read it to somebody else, they will have this concrete understanding of what it actually means. Mm-hmm. 
to the people that this was originally given to, they were very agricultural. Mm-hmm. So they grabbed it. Yeah. You know, they knew exactly what Jesus was talking about here. And and yet the even the disciples are saying, Okay, we think you know, we know we we know about weeds. Mm-hmm. How's this apply to life? Yeah. See, that's what they're going with at this point. He says, the one who sows the the seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. They're they're people around us. Now, all of a sudden, look at the illustration of the weed here. There's people around you, son, Mm -hmm. that'll zap your strength, that'll cause you not to grow like you should. They'll take away the beauty of what could be Mm -hmm. just because they're around you. Yeah. And I can hear kids now saying, that's not right. I'm sorry, that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what weeds do. That's what certain people can do that don't know God that you have allowed in your life that mm. do this. Yeah. You know, the real answer is to get them to be people who know God too. Yeah. But you got to be careful who you allow in your life to influence you. Think of that with uh, what we've talked about with all the internet, all this stuff out there. We're telling young people today to watch who you let influence you. Right. How many chances are there out there oh, for? There's so many. Uh, you know, turn this stuff off if you're a parent. Turn it off. Mm-hmm. It's thinking, go out in the backyard if you have a yard, build a fire if it's nice outside, and sit there instead and throw little sticks in the fire together. You know, right. do anything then let them play on the internet. Right, right. And it's still something that I think that you said, I think the more experiential like pictures you can help, the better it is because they're going to get it somewhere. You know, uh, whether, the, I mean, if you're homeschool, obviously, but if they go to public school, you know, or any school, there's going to be different exposure because every parent is different on how they raise their kids. And so they're going to experience this at some point. And so the more experiential things that you could try to instill at a younger age, the more it would help build up that solid foundation. Absolutely. You know, and those principles, we've talked about principles so much on the show. It's the principles that we need to adhere to. That's the truth. Those are the timeless things that don't change. Yep. And you're setting your kids up for it. You're not always needing to to hit the final lesson. Yeah. You're you're probably not going to. I was going to say (laughs) You, you just want to get a truth across, any truth yeah. that, that you can get across. Because what, what happens eventually, if you have, uh, okay, so you have a garden, you have weeds, and you talk to your kids about why. Maybe you left an experiment, you left some weeds in, and you wanted to show how they zapped up, you know, the productivity of the others. In the end, you, you know, let's say you're, you're harvesting, even if it's a garden, you're harvesting something. I mean, you're taking something out of it. You can stop for a moment. You can point to the weeds that are there now and say, boy, we're taking this part and we're going to use this. This is useful. Yeah. What are we going to do with the weeds now? Mm-hmm. What are we going to do with the, the stuff we didn't take? Get rid of it. Yep. We're going to plow it under. Yeah. We're going to burn it. We're going to. So that stuff, all the energy that went into that stuff mm-hmm. is now going to be just destroyed and used for the good stuff next year. Yeah. Boy, that's the biblical principle right there. Mm-hmm. It, you know, eventually the weeds, and that's what he says. 
In fact, the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest at the end of the age, the reapers are the angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with the fire, so it'll be at the end of the age. Jesus says, you know, you guys know what happens to weeds. Mm-hmm. You, right now, you think these weeds, weeds can be uh, actually pretty prevalent. Yeah. I mean, they can, they can outshine the plant that they're around. Yes. In fact, they fight for that sunlight. They fight for growth. They fight for, and some weeds are so aggressive that, they're the ones that are prominent. Mm-hmm. That's what God says. But one day, that's meaningless because they will be destroyed. Yeah. Nobody wants the weed. Mm-hmm. They'll be destroyed. Now, again, giving your children a, a, an experiential understanding of that before they ever hear this story from a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll be going, oh, mm. I get it. Yeah, I get it. They'll be so far ahead. Likewise, he goes on to say, Jesus loves stories. The he- heaven is like a hidden treasure in a field, which a man found and covered it up. Man, I'm telling you, as a parent, I'm already thinking of things I could do with my kid. Yeah. You know, b- bury something somewhere. Yeah. Let him find it. Just for the fun of it. Just mm-hmm. let him discover something. Um, you know, so many years ago, my, my dad used to just love it. We'd go out and explore things. Mm-hmm. Just go out and explore. You, you find things. Yep. Um, I was out on my lot, you know, you and I live here at the edge of the forest, and, and I was out one day, and all of a sudden I just felt something funny, and my foot went, and it was an old, I think it was a 1940-something a metal tag that would go onto a license plate. Huh. Interesting. You know, in the ground. Yeah. There's another spot on my, on my land where I tripped over something again. Yeah. And there was a... Um, a, a metal wagon wheel, just the metal part. Yeah, huh. And I thought, oh, I wonder what was here years ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, something was here. Yeah. Now I'm here, but something, something, was, something was, was here. here. Yeah. Those are just cool discoveries Yeah. that make you start wondering. And um, Jesus says, you know, there's times where you find something that's so valuable, your whole life revolves around it. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I'm working with kids. I'm, I'm asking them, what? What do you think could be so valuable mm-hmm. that your whole life, you give up everything else for it? Because mm-hmm. that's what Jesus is talking about. And if you've been listening to Young Girl, do you know we've been talking about the fact that the world is going to pass away, the world's in bad shape without God. We've talked in this program about Alexander Solzhenitsyn saying, you know, we, we need God. I mean, yeah. and that really is the answer. And eventually, Jesus is saying, so it'll be at the end of the age. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's going to come a time where the people who have ignored God are really going to wish they didn't. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be for eternity. Yeah. And the innocent ones, I mean, truly innocent ones that have trusted in God, I promise you that if you know God and you trust in him, in the long run, you will not be disappointed. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, you may have to put up with weeds. You may. And they will zap your strength. I understand that. They're going to zap what could have been. The weeds are going to take what maybe should be yours for productivity purposes and doing it right. Yeah. But in the end, God knows which ones are weeds. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to harvest those. Right. He's going to harvest the plant. He's going to harvest what he planted. And uh, so we get to do that. I, I think there's great hope for our world right now if the individuals would understand their responsibility to know God 
and to live in accordance with God's word. Mm-hmm. And if those who are in authority who ignore God and ignore his word, we ignore them. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying now that somebody say, all right, I'm not driving a speed limit anymore. You know, you didn't hear what I actually said because the speed limit isn't <laughs> the speed limit is not in the Bible. And, right. and, and, and we're told to listen to our governing authorities. We're told to do that mm-hmm. when they're not opposed to what God says. Right. But if they're opposed to what God says, look at stories like Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys were major enforcers of the king's policies. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. Right. Except for when the king said, bow to me. Then they weren't major enforcers of the king's policy anymore. And, and it's very critical for us to understand that we are people who are submissive to the governing authorities over us until those governing authorities prove that they're not listening to God. Mm-hmm. And in those areas, and I would be very careful not to stretch those areas. You know, I'm not paying taxes anymore because the government is, isn't godly. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Jesus gave a very corrupt government money. Right. That, that's not the issue. Taxes are not something that we avoid. Mm-hmm. You may disagree at the rate. You may dis- That's fine. But I wouldn't tie that necessarily to the Bible. Mm-hmm. And again, um, I, you know, it's so easy to argue in our world about whatever you believe. Right. The Bible's a very simple thing. There's a God. None of us are him. We need to listen to him. Yeah. And whether you're president of the United States head of some other state i have no idea other country you're in big trouble if you ignore god yeah and i think we're in big trouble in the united states of america because our government is ignoring god Mm -hmm. i'm not even sure anymore jason if somebody who loved god could get on a platform and say i love god and i want to lead this country if they even be electable Mm. yeah because people would call it religious discrimination, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. The truth is, if you're a believer and you love God and you run for president, I think you should be able to say, that's who I am. Right. Here's what you get. And be honest. And be honest. I am going to pray about the decisions I make. There's going to be a biblical reason for why I do things. Mm-hmm. And if there is nothing in the Bible about it, then I'll just seek others' opinion and try and make a good decision. Yep. And I'm not sure that somebody who would run that way would win anything. Right. Maybe. Maybe we're at the point where we need that. Maybe somebody needs to say, I'm not a part of the madness. Mm -hmm. And separate from that madness and say, the only thing that separates me is I know God. Yeah. And I'm going to actually act like I know him. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, there are a lot of things that I would be for. Right. And in being for things very strongly, there's some things that I would be against. Mm-hmm. I would be for families, one man, one woman committed to each other for life. So everything again, that would be against that, I would be against. Yep. And uh, that's the way life is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so true. And unfortunately, with this conversation, we ran out of time again. But I encourage you, if you missed part of it want to jump in and, and re-listen to other um, episodes that we've done, I encourage you to head over to silvertranch.org where you can uh, check out um, all the various podcasts that, that we put out and all the discussions that we have. Um, and I just encourage you, you know, in a world that is surrounded by so much information to try to, to, to know the truth and you can know the truth. Um, and it takes, it takes intentionality to get in the scripture and to, to, 
get to know who God is and just to take it one step at a time. Um, and so that's my encouragement for you guys today. But for Jason and Dave here on Younger and Older, this is all the time that we have. So take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.